Um, <clears throat> what does everybody want? <laughs> Al Snow. The A Show. Where smart is the new sexy. And now, April Hunter. Hola, V Gates. Salud. Welcome, everybody, to the A Show, where we have a very special guest today. Big Ray, we're on to you. Wait, hold on. You forgot. You forgot. Hola. You forgot. Konnichiwa. You got all that other good stuff. Bitches, that's right. Konnichiwa, that's right. bitches. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you real quick. You know, I'm going to leave this music playing for a second. You, got, you guys out there have no idea how long I've wanted to talk to this man. I've reached out to him. I've sent carrier pigeons. It's been ridiculous. <laughs> Three of them came back dead. It's, it's a story for another day. Anyway, listen, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you may not know him. You may know him. I'm pretty sure you do. But if you don't, let me just uh, lower this down here. All you people into ASMR. And let me just, no, we're not going to play that one. We're going to play this one. Okay. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen. Ah, oh, just brings back memories. You may know him from ECW. You may know him from the WWE Impact Wrestling. This man has been all over the world. He is a professional wrestler, entertainer, actor. He's very handsome. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he is also a teacher. And a lot of our friends at HMG sat under his learning tree. That rhymed. Just so you know that. I didn't write that down. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it is the one. It is the only. He is a super friend. <laughs> we'll get into that a little later on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Mr. Al Snow. What's going on, sir? Hey. Thank you guys very much. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Sincerely. I really do. Thank, thank you. Thank you for coming on. No. So cool. Thank you. You know, this is such a cool moment for me. Ray's like, please, please let me introduce him. I'm like, you go ahead and do that. Would you stop? <laughs> you forgot you forgot to mention that Al was also in the corner of Dan Severin during UFC back in the day. Well, let me tell you something about At Dan the height Severin. Of popularity. One yeah. of my very favorite interviews, um, a gentleman. Uh, super cool and really down to earth, but he he would just basically rip your arms off if he had to, right? True, it's like uh, fighting a bear. Jesus um, Christmas! You know, he's just he's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. He's really uh, is. he looks like what, like if God were to make a man, you know? <laughs> yeah, like this is yeah. what a man's supposed a, to be like a real man's man. And then you throw on that big thick fireman's mustache. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely, Selleck mustache. And, oh, that's um, hot. It's a Marlboro um, Man thing. Yeah, and then you, um, you know, play the Stephen Regal um, mu entrance music. He's a man. He's a man. Wonderful <laughs> man. Well, listen, Al. Seriously, man, it's really cool um, to have you on. We're not going to talk much professional wrestling, but for those people okay. that that really don't know, right now, I mean, you are with Ohio Valley wrestling. I have a tons of friends that, that came up through that system. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now for those fans that haven't seen you in, in years? Uh, what I'm doing is um, I, I began my relationship with o o OVW or Ohio Valley wrestling back 
in the early 2000s um, when uh, John Laurinaitis, who was the head of talent relations at the time with WWE, asked me to come down here and um, basically head up the developmental uh, division of WWE. They had a relationship with the OBW and um, they sent me down here to um, head up that uh, developmental program. And then when they ended that relationship uh, with OVW, I separated, left OVW um, uh, for a couple years, kind of just, you know, did the independence around the world, so to speak, and then um, got in, affiliated with Impact Wrestling, mm. became a executive with Impact Wrestling and with uh, Bruce Pritchard. Um, we created a developmental system for Impact or TNA. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, because it was just two and a half hours up the road, we partnered with OVW. And I came back and started to kind of head up um, things again with OVW as far as the developmental for Impact. And then um, that came to an end and the relationship ended. And then, um, in 2018, I had moved back to Louisville um, and began very loose conversations with uh, Danny Davis um, with OBW. And um, one thing led to another, and I decided to rib myself and uh, buy a wrestling company. And, Jeez. Uh, you wanted to lose money? <laughs> and, <laughs> And that's exactly what I did, uh, along with my partners at that time, which were uh, Chad Miller um, and uh, Joe Reeves, and then later Larry Benz came in on board. And then um, a few years later, after the pandemic, um, we had partners of uh, Craig Greenberg and Matt Jones and uh, uh, Jeff uh, Tuplin. And um, so that's where we're at now. Um, oh, excuse me for one second. A couple of our listeners yeah. are asking if you might be able to speak up just a little bit. Oh, I'll try. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> promo time. Yeah, promo time. Yeah. You, you just yeah. put over. My you just put over that he drinks. It. You just put over that you drink seven energy drinks a day. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not that. It's. Um, I just want to hear you. <laughs> my voice uh, has changed, as you can tell. Um, uh, I had hiccups for. 14 days straight. What? Yeah. And uh, it did something to the muscles in my throat. Had a, you know, a, a ear, nose, and throat guy check it. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, uh, the muscles in my throat constrict that you, you use to whisper. So now I get to talk like this, like I'm Christian Bale doing Batman all uh, the time. Well, it's kind so, of, hard. I got to be honest. Yeah, can you say I'm the Batman right now? I'm the Batman. I love yeah. it. He's stealing, he's stealing uh, Stevie like Richards. It. You know how Stevie Richards now <laughs> talks yeah, like Stevie, <laughs> Stevie has that. Yeah, Stevie has a raspy voice yeah. as well. Yeah. But uh, that was because he got hit, mm-hmm. you know, in the throat and then had the surgery and all of that. Right. Could yeah. have been hiccups, I just, though. I literally had the hiccups, yeah, for 14 That's days. crazy. 14. Is that a record? Like, are you on? I don't yeah. know. No, no. Somebody had it for a year. People, I've heard yeah, about those people. Yeah, some people. I don't know how they live. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. uh I wanted to die. I'm not mm. kidding. Like, especially the last day, it was horrible. It was horrible. But I took, uh, they, they tried to treat it with antipsychotics, which 
was amazing. Um, and uh, <laughs> I bet it was. It was incredible. I've never like done like any kind of dr- really drugs. Not that I judge. I don't care. You know right. what I mean? It means nothing to me. But literally, I've never done any. And so that experience was wacky, like mm. weird. So like um, we went to, I got out of the hospital and we went to a um, autograph signing convention in Indianapolis and Kevin Furtig, who was, uh, uh, shoot, seven, um, um, can't remember his other gimmick in WBA. Oh, when he wore uh, the whole white. Uh, white, the whole white thing. Yeah. Right, right. Um, they offered to let us stay at their house, right? And so whenever, if, if I stay, like, I'm very, like, you know, I don't want to be obtrusive in any way because it's somebody else's home. And, you know, I'll go out of my way to, to try to be as, you know, uh, uninvolved as possible. So, um, and I still, to this day, I don't have any idea what happened, per se, but... Uh, nothing crazy, but I was having a dream that mm-hmm. I was planning a celebration. Okay. And I don't know what this thing is still now, but I knew if I found it, it would be the best day ever. So I woke up and I had to go to the restroom and normally, you know, I'll sleep with, you know, um, sweatpants or whatever from somebody else's home. I'm just in my underwear. So, um, i head right out, go to the bathroom. And I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. I've still got to find this, you know, and it's going to be the best day ever. If I find it, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what's, that's all that matters. So I begin to go through their entire bathroom. Now I'm not just talking about their medicine cabinets, like normal people. I'm talking about all their cabinets. I took the lid <laughs> off the back of their toilet. What, were you on the drugs at the time that they gave yeah, you? Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, okay. A lot so of you, them. Yeah, you were seeing like awesome things. Okay, got it. Yeah. So um, I didn't stop there. Uh, I proceeded to go into Kevin and Katie's bedroom while they were sleeping and go through all the <laughs> nightstands, all the closets, uh, all of their belongings in the room while they were laying in bed, semi awake, watching me do this. And then left, went in their daughter's room, went in their son's bedroom, That's went right. downstairs. I wasn't done. I went through their entire kitchen, the uh, to the where I went through the refrigerator, through the stove, uh, through every cabinet, every every dish, and then went into the living room and the office. The only place I didn't go was the basement of the garage. I couldn't find this, but if I'd have found it, would have been the best day ever. So, so maybe, maybe I'm lost here. What, what is, is that, this? What is sounds, this? It sounds like you're on an Ambien. Oh, you don't know what this was. <laughs> I don't know what it, I don't know. I just know that if I'd have found it, would have been the greatest day ever. So, oh my. Wow. Well, they they do say the dreams dreams try and help you uh, figure out what's what's what you need to fix. So I give you props for really trying. Are you still oh, looking for this? I or are you still looking? Well, for what's funny is we went back like a year later right to another you know, same convention mm-hmm. stayed at their house and then when katie uh kevin's wonderful wife was up cooking breakfast in the morning she was like you know looking for particular pots and pans dishes i was like oh it's up there it's in that place it's right down there. i remembered everything from the year before where i went through their entire kitchen so that is awesome except for where this was yeah, I couldn't yeah. find this. I could not you, yeah. find this. And I don't know what this was, but I'm telling you, it was the key to everything. 
Wow. Uh, you know, I always found that ironing was kind of like peaceful. It brought peace to it. It wasn't ironing. It was more <sighs> like, you know, you, and, you know, where you, um, you, like use it on fabric or you use it on dough for pie dough where you make a crust mm. you roll it you know the roller and it it anyways well <laughs> that I, was what i was looking for did, that was did, what i was looking for did kevin follow you around the house no 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 and i was and the next morning when i told everybody hey, I, I i just want to let you guys know like i got weirded out and you know went around the house and he was like oh yeah we watched you while we were you know we were awake I was like, why didn't you say anything? It was, well, we didn't want to, you know, bother you. And, uh, and we didn't know what you were going to do if you woke up. And I'm like, and they just acted like it was normal. Like, that's what I do all the time. I'm like, I've never done this in my life. That's but, funny. Oh, my yeah. God. You spoke about OVW. Yes. And um, did you, I, now when, I, have a, I have a little soundboard here. And one of my very favorite sound bites is of yeah. this gentleman. I just wanted a quick, just a quick little thought process on, on this person and, and what you think of this guy right here. Sure. This is the Hub for Partners. Yeah, it's fucking me. Yeah, and uh, listen to the fucking Hameen Media Group. That's Ben Hameen, Hameen Media Group from Rip Rogers. Go get him yeah. and go fuck yourself. <laughs> what a fuck, what a class act. <laughs> I've, let me tell you, I've, I've been on the phone with this guy. Yeah, and a five-minute conversation has turned into a three-hour conversation. Oh, Your of thoughts? course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your yeah. thoughts? Your thoughts on on old Ripper? A uh, Rip has experience that you can't get anymore. Rip has an understanding of the art of ev- what everyone is trying to or claiming they're trying to do mm-hmm. that um, you can't get anymore. Uh, you know, and Rip is kind of a signpost of what were the prevalent personas that were in the business. Can I, can I just jump in for the listeners right now? We're talking about Rip Rogers. He is a legendary trainer. I'm talking about he trained people like John Cena, Batista. I'm just throwing names out there. Anybody who's like any good in the world of professional wrestling, except for Ben Hameen, he's trained them all. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy is incredible. Um, and he yeah. is old school. Like, th- yeah, think of Rocky, Mickey think, from Rocky. Okay, think, think. you know, when you say old school, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. you're determining that, that there's a new school. Right. Like, there's Good something point. new about the wrestling business. Never changes. And the sad thing is that there, there really isn't. You know, the the same thing that was not real or or ipso facto fake mm-hmm. that was fake in 1910 is the same thing that's fake now, and that's just the outcome. The only thing that an audience wants to believe in are the same two things that they wanted to believe in back then. You know, the same two things that they want to believe in now, which is who you are as a wrestler and why are you doing it, mm-hmm. and you know this old school, new school kind of thought. Now, yeah, there are certainly like Rip is indicative of an old school. What I mean by that is that like when when I broke in in 82, mm-hmm. um, the majority of the people that were in this business were so eclectic 
and so eccentric and so hyper intelligent and creative that they could not quite function in normal society. Um, and if they weren't in the wrestling business, you know, they'd probably be in jail or in prison. The difference today is that most of the, the performers, and I do say performers mm -hmm. or wrestlers, not workers, because they're not, is that those guys have the benefit of the fact that they can integrate into the real world a lot easier. They can make a transition and depart out of wrestling and, and you know, and in, in be a part of normal society. And guys like Rip, you know, um, they just couldn't. The only place that they flourished and the only place that they really were accepted and were understood was in, in the wrestling business. And don't make any mistake. I mean, Rip is an incredibly, um, very highly uh, intelligent human being and, mm -hmm. and has a photographic memory. And as a result, is a little whacked out, yeah. you know. Um, and most of the people that you meet that are really of a higher... Uh, intellect um, usually don't view the world the way the rest of the society does. You know, they 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 are a little off. They're a little different. Well, I'm crazy so, as shit. So I mean, maybe maybe, maybe me and April are pretty you, smart. Yeah, you guys might be uh, incredibly <laughs> high IQ. I I'm sure that I know April is. I know. I'm, I'm, Shh, I'm, don't I'm, tell anybody. We're just trying to get by on the titties here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that works too. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a profound statement. I never thought about that, but. Um, I mean, I did, but I didn't. I knew that at one point it seemed like WWE was almost doing like a cookie cutter thing where they they wanted to have wrestlers that look where they were kind of conforming. They looked very conforming, even though it was a kind of a very unique business. So they wanted their cake and eat it too. It seemed like they wanted these unique looking gigantic freaks but they also wanted them to conform. This was shortly after they went public. So well, I thought that was, that's kind of a, a challenge right there. Well, here's the challenge. Okay. The wrestling business has, and will always be if it's successful, it's the wrestlers business. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because they're the product, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there's a big misconception, um, especially in today's wrestling. That, you know, with the you know, advent of uh, the voice of fans who don't really understand mm. what it is <laughs> they're talking about. Mm. Um, you know, they, oh, so-and-so got fired from WWE. We can never be fired as a wrestler because you're never hired. You know, it's, it's a business relationship between the wrestler and the promoter. Promoter provides the platform that allows you to make yourself a star. And then um, you go out and the minute you walk through the curtain, your endeavor is to make yourself a star, to make yourself a viable um, product um, that an audience wants to buy, meaning they, you're, you're able to motivate them. At the end of the day, you're no different than a movie actor. Movie actors' value isn't in how well they act. It's how well they draw. It's how well they draw. Yeah. Right. And that's what justifies a studio's investment in them. And the same goes with wrestlers. And, you know, um, a wrestler goes out just like a movie actor does, takes advantage of the platform, 
makes themselves into a star, into an attraction. And then the promoter and the wrestler capitalize on that and exploit it. And they both make money. <clears throat> and, um, you know, that's kind of gotten lost in, in the business today, that understanding um, and that acceptance of that situation. And, but as a result, the real control, the real power always laid within the locker room for decades. Um, <clears throat> wasn't until, you know, a big propaganda campaign, you know, was launched in WWF, WWE to subvert that idea that in, in, in it became easy because there wasn't an older generation that passed down a lot of these things to the younger generation to, to make them understand that, that they really controlled the business. And, and it became Vince's business mm -hmm. and it became the writer's business mm -hmm. and no longer were the talent now held responsible for their successes or their failures the writers and Vince were held responsible. And unfortunately, you know, Vince and the, t and the writers have very little to do with it. I mean, yeah, and, and it really comes down to the talent and, you know, um, understanding and knowing that puts the power back in the talent's hands, but it also puts the onus, the responsibility back in their hands as well. Um, you know, and, and, you know, they can say and, you know, oh, there's politics and there's always politics and there's always, it's very, by nature, a very competitive business. You know, you're, you're going to have to fight and struggle both inside the ring and backstage. Um, you're, you're going to have to be on guard 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, that's just part and parcel of what you do. But your success and your failures are 100% your own. Yeah, and it seems that was a one of almost like a calculated move. So at one point, the wrestlers and we have a couple of questions here. I wanted to go ahead and address for a second, but sure. the wrestlers yeah. made a name for themselves. Yeah. So if a wrestler left a territory, a lot yeah. of times they might take the fans with them, sure. and it seemed like it was like like I said, a calculated move to take the power away from the wrestler's name and put that into the umbrella of. WWE or F, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and we'll just use that for an example, instead of a Ric Flair or a, you know, um, you know, Mick Foley. So yeah. it, we'll just use those examples. So instead of people coming to see them specifically, yeah. they're just going to market the name WWE instead of the talent. And it's like they were deliberately trying to pull the power away from the talent. So I think mm -hmm. the talent actually maybe started to believe that they didn't have as much power as they do. And it's very, there's so many things in wrestling that are so incredibly similar to what's going on in the actual world today. I always thought it was interesting where, you know, you could take, you could take wrestling and you could take the government and you take the wrestlers and you take the people and it's the same thing. Oh yeah. And, this is why, you know, anybody who gets out of wrestling does very, very well in politics because they mm -hmm. know so much. So sure. they've seen so much. They've been through so much. You know, Jesse Ventura is the most famous example, but there have been many wrestlers who have gone into politics and done very well. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Well, this is why Dwayne Johnson will be president of the United States. It's going to happen. They're, they're ready. <laughs> it, it, sincerely, it could, it could potentially happen. Yeah, Can I tell you something, Al? 
Alan April, the, the whole premise, if you watch the, uh, his Young Rock show, if you haven't mm. watched it, it's basically his build to become president of the oh, United States. It? Oh, it is. I, I haven't seen it yet, so but it's I, called, I know it's there. Uh, what, what, what's the uh, the term a lot of uh, conspiracy analysts use? Uh, it's like preconditioning us to get ready for the oh, inevitable. That's, yeah. not, that's not a conspiracy. Literally, yeah. you, you... Okay. It's so, like the movie about the, the the movie about the train wreck in Ohio right, with the chemicals right, yeah, last a yeah. couple of years ago when it actually happened. It's kind of just yeah. conditioning you. Well, I don't know about that. It could be a coincidence, but <laughs> when you have a train wreck in Ohio, that's a coincidence. When you mm-hmm. have a train, well, you have a train wreck in Ohio, and you had a movie about it, that's a coincidence. When you have a train wreck that happened in Texas just mm-hmm. a couple days later. That's even more of a coincidence. When you have one in New Ma- in Canada that happens right after it, that's now starting to get a little kabuki-ish. Now you have one in New Mexico, then you go, hey, wait a minute, some something's going on. You know, in what the I Carolinas. Mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you have so many, Florida, that in Florida, then yep. you have so many, then you got to go. Wait a minute we're out of the quinky dank and we're now yeah. into something train, train derailment season yeah uh, you could chalk it up to the fact that you know everybody's locked down and you know they don't have, they don't have anybody to work you know they're just hiring anybody off the street to fix those train tracks no or or you could chalk no. it up to the fact that there's something bigger going on oh well if we're going to talk about okay we're going to talk about I, I, I mentioned this all the time okay and this is legit okay and i i and you know, I love how people go, uh, you know, because just so you know, the CIA literally, con- you know, came up with the and created the label conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. Yeah, during so the JFK assassination. Debunk, yeah, so they could debunk yes. uh, possible questioning of the government. They also so, came up with the term anti-vaxxers. Yes, and, of course. And yes. election. Um, yeah, all, all that yeah. stuff. Right, yeah. So, yeah. so you guys are aware. Okay, and a lot of people are not. I, I, the only reason I was aware is because I was flipping through the channels one day because I don't typically watch C-SPAN, and because uh, I C-SPAN, really don't care does? about politics. <laughs> yeah, but there was a, a female reporter, and she was being uh, given an award, and she was talking about at the Washington Press Club about the importance of a free press, and she was, and this all ties together. Just you bear with me. Um, she was, uh, talking about, you know, how important the free press was in the government. And she mentioned in her speech about the fact that after world war two, the U S government passed a law that it was illegal for the U S government to propagandize its own citizens. And then quietly, on a Sunday night at midnight, they repealed that law. Mm-hmm. It was at the same time that, remember when we had the bank bailouts and everyone organized, both liberal, conservative, all that. Mm-hmm. 2008. Was, yep. They all went and they protested at the Federal Reserve and they chanted, we're the 99%. Mm-hmm. Now, there is an organization that tracks literally the usage of labels in media and uh, 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 regular um, mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And the labels of black, white, liberal, conservative, uh, all racism, et cetera, have had a major uptick since uh, 
um, they repealed that law in um, at the same time as when everyone went and protested and told the government we're the ninety nine percent. That's just a coincidence, Al. What are you talking? Oh, about? Yeah, another, it's another right. coincidence. Yeah. They also uh, oh. they also passed Operation Mockingbird, which yes. allowed the American government to deliberately propagandize its citizens mm-hmm. buy and sell journalism and journalistic articles yeah. and put out um, fake um, social media accounts right. um, without any kind of yeah, yeah integrity whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, don't think, you know, <laughs> you're talking about a government that, um, you know, look, if they're responsible for 350 million U.S. citizens, mm-hmm. I'm responsible for six kids. I lie to them every day. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're going to make it. <laughs> yeah. As a keep father, doing, I, just keep doing it. As a father, I absolutely you're understand. Never gonna, you're never going to shoot straight with them. Come on, <laughs> no, no. no. You, you got this. The you got this. They'll, They'll learn on their own. They'll learn it. It'll Hell be yeah. Fun. So li- listen, guys. Before we really get into the to our topics, yes, I kind of wanted to put this over. Out. I saw this really cool. Um, I guess you would say uh, promotional thing you put up on Instagram. And I wanted to share it uh, with the listeners and the watchers right now. Do you mind if I just play this real quick? It's about a minute long. Sure, I don't know what it is, but let's yeah. check it out. So it's really cool, really cool oh, guy okay. in it. So let's see. Wrestling, a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Jesus Christ, that was intense. <laughs> I want to go to your school now. I just want to get up and go. <laughs> so can you tell us, before we jump into all these really cool in-depth topics, tell me, tell, sure, because yeah. I saw this, and I got to tell you, whoever put together that that yeah, yeah. that ad did a phenomenal, I'm not even kissing up, it's a phenomenal job. Oh, yeah, job. Levi, Levi, amazing guy. My just, God. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just want to buy, I just want to buy like, like elbow pads and just use them in the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No reason. Well, and April, careful. That's why, you know, you know, people like April and myself, that's why we do what we do. I mm. mean, you know, it's, that's that feeling, you know, that you get when you walk out there. There's mm. nothing that can describe it. You know, there's nothing that could possibly make you feel more alive than, you know, in that moment. You know, mm. that's what keeps, that's the drug that you get hooked on and that you want to do and replicate and want to repeat and, and you just keep searching to have that experience over and over again every single night, whether you work seven nights a week or once a month or, you know, once a year, you just desperately want to, you know, have that experience. Over the adrenaline rush. Let me, let, me, let me tell you, my father. So I grew up. My father was a professional wrestler. That's how I got uh-huh. hooked up with with Uncle Bill, uh, Bill Apter. I've known him. For, yeah. 
That's, that's my uncle, one man. Hand, two, one hen, two ducks, three squawking geese. He calls me his uh, adopted Jewish uh, nephew. But uh, I love that, man. I love him so <laughs> much. I do, too. I love, I love him, too. So much, man. Um, I do, too. But my father, you know, I see him come home after being away for, like, a week and just, yeah. like, beat the hell up. He had to, he had to get a real job, you know, yeah. as I got older. But um, I get it, man. I used to see it in my dad's eyes. You know, rest in peace, Pops. But um, I get why you guys are addicted. He tried training me, and that shit hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does hurt. Oh, that my shit. God. You know, I took, I took up I, – I was an amateur boxer for, for a bunch of years, and I found that to be – and I'm being straight up with you, man, way sure, easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I took bumps in a, in a boxing ring. So oh, that was yeah. oh, so then Us too, that, that shit yeah. fucking sucked. I'm sorry. I, I'm <laughs> sorry to be so blunt. But anywho, um, yeah, man, I get it, man. They drill over. But collar and elbow, um, mm-hmm. that this is your this is your thing. Like, like you yeah. seemed like, dude, you were so passionate. And I just, I was just so drawn into that ad. So can you just really quickly oh. tell us what you offer and stuff there? And I have to sure. say, Aaron said you are one of the best trainers he has ever come across and oh, okay. he, obviously he's coming from killer kowalski's too so and, yeah. and riff rogers so mm-hmm. he's yeah. yeah high high praise to you yeah well i'm very complimented i think the world of Aaron. um collar and elbow uh, my partner and i rod hicks wanted to you know at the time there were some other um wrestling you know things out there wrestling apparel and things like sure. that and what we wanted to do was try to um, create something that uh, spoke to wrestling fans and that if, if you were a wrestling fan, you got it. If you weren't a wrestling fan, you just saw the designs. You were like, oh, that's a cool design. I'll wear it. Hmm. But if you were, the most important thing was that you could, you could wear it anywhere and you didn't have to worry like somebody's going to walk up and go, Oh, is that a wrestling shirt? You know, that's fake. And they're like, Hey, thanks. Murder. She wrote, how long did it take for you to put the clues together? Angela Lansbury. I'm just curious how you solved that mystery at this point in your life. You know what I mean? It, 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 because as wrestling fans, for whatever reason, we still have to deal with that, which is, you know, other people somehow want to feel superior or shot him Freud. Yeah, where they, you know, downplay what you enjoy. And you're like, you do realize when you went to watch Spider-Man, it wasn't a documentary about a teen shooting jizz out of his wrist, sticking to a wall. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, I mean, we've been around teenagers. That could be a possibility. It's possible. It's possible. I I, I have some of my own. So, you know, I mean, but it was it was a way to allow a fan to be a fan and be a fan all the time and not, Mm. and and as a grown adult male, I don't want to wear the face of another grown adult male on my chest. I'm, I I just, you know, no matter how much of a fan I am. And I think that's why like Steve Austin was so successful with, you know, his, his merchandise and things like that was because it appealed to everyone. And so we were trying to create something that, you know, design-wise appealed to, to, to whether you're a wrestling fan or not. If you're a wrestling fan, there are aspects of every design that you and only you get, you know, 
And if you're not a wrestling fan, I love this, <laughs> I love this shirt. Sorry, right I like that one. Do I owe you money? Do, do we have, have heat? Do, I, do we have heat? This is dope. If, I like this. If, if you're not a wrestling fan, you get you know Louis Vuitton. You get you know you know these designs, and you can wear them you know around your friends and your family. And it's hey, that's just a cool shirt, as opposed to oh, that's wrestling. You know, you know that's fake. So. Oh my god, I love that. This is a good one too. I know. I'm, I'm gonna fuck. I'm I, gonna I like these shirts. I dig them. I'm, I'm wearing this to work. They yeah. you don't get it. Yeah, life to work. Working stiff. That's what my wife says. What? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm t- oh boy, okay. This Back is really in light, bad. working stiff. I really, I really do like these designs. You know, um, oh, this is this shit is cool. Mm-hmm. I like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we try to create stuff that you know, anyone can understand and, and relate to, and it just looks, looks cool, you know, Jeez. whether you're a wrestling fan or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like everybody loves Tigers. Yeah. Tiger driver! Tigers are I freaking love. badass. This is beautiful. And yeah. I like this old school look. Anyway, um, so yeah, man, it's, uh, I have it right here. It's uh, collarandelbowbrand.com. Yep. Amazing stuff, And if stuff, they use man. the code SNOWMAN, they can save 10%. Even if we have a sale... 30 or 40 or 50 percent off they, they take that extra 10 percent off as well awesome so nice very awesome so nice. al we have you on to talk a myriad of topics my friend okay yeah, yeah. Um, by the way thank you for retweeting um the the, the clips the occasional oh, no, we, no. we appreciate that yeah. thank you guys for promoting and having me on i really appreciate having being on Oh, this is cool. All right, April. So um, you could take, I have a couple of things we could talk about too, but you I want you to. No, you start. You sure? Yeah. All absolutely. right. So this is something that's really been bothering me. And okay. Al, um, are you a big sports fan? Um, eh, okay. Uh, what about the NBA? Uh, okay. I mean, well, I keep trying to keep up with things, but. That's know. cool. You don't need to be a fan of the NBA to understand this story. And this is what I wanted to bring up really quickly. Sure. There's a young, there's a young man. He's about 20. I think he's 23 years old right now. His name is Ja Morant. Plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know if you guys have heard the stories out there, but let me just, I'll just wrap everything up. This kid will be making approximately $200 million next year. Now, um, this moron has uh, been uh, arrested or, or, or questioned by the police for uh, and I quote, punching a 17-year-old uh, during a pickup basketball game. And I'm going to play this little clip off of his Instagram, which he deleted, but it's still here. And um, basically, this is what the youth of America think is cool right now. So let me just click this. One, two, and three. Look at this. This is a $200 million man. Take a, take a good look. Oh, what's that? Flashing a gun on his Insta oh, live. Oh, it's that guy. Okay, it's that guy. <laughs> so my question to you both, and I'll stop sharing this guy's face here. Let me just click this. What is it about? And is this not just you know people may may think this is something new. This has always been, and, and Al, you've been in the wrestling business forever. You've seen a lot. I'm sure you've seen tons of people with amazing talent that can make tons of money, can make other people money around them. Sure. Why do they? Why do they? Why does somebody choose to be so self-destructive? Why? Oh, and that's a psychological <laughs> question that can yeah. go so deep right there. This this story really yeah. bothered me because this kid, if you ever seen him play, he is incredible. 
Sure. But he chooses to make to do all of this. Like, what is it, dude? Is, dude, Laurie, is, you can go back so far with that. And Al, I'm sure you've seen this too. But a lot of yeah. kids grow up in such a way where they don't actually, deep down inside, feel like they deserve all the good that's coming to them. He came from a good family. This guy. He wants to live that thug life. He's not a thug. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Mm-mm. Talk it. Let, 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 let's hear what you got to so say. So you have two aspects. One is where you have a situation because the coming from a good or bad family or, you know, or circumstances really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've said this for years and I've gotten a lot of heat for saying it, but you have a shirt for that, by the way, in Talanobo. Uh, yeah, I don't, I really don't care. Um, it doesn't take a village to raise a child. It takes a parent to raise a child and you know when um when wrestling was really popular really hot um you know i was in WWE. they would always trot me out to do these interviews um uh, with the local press and stuff and and one of the questions that was always asked is well don't you think you're a, a role model for these young children and i'm like no if your child is looking anywhere outside their front door for a role model, you as a parent are not doing your job. Now, I don't care what you teach your child. I don't. As long as you teach your child what you think is right and what's wrong and inspire and put that in that child to where when they watch me, if it doesn't jive with what you taught them, they're not going to emulate that. They're going to emulate you because you ultimately are the parent and you're the one who's responsible for that child. And I think too much today, whether you're from a good background or a bad background, it comes down to the responsibility of the parent and how they raise their child. Absolutely. 100%. How do you get get heat off of that? I'm sorry. Why why, why do people get angry for you saying that? Because they don't want to hear that. That's the truth. (laughs) And that's that's something that people don't like to hear. Right. Anymore. They want, there's not the truth anymore. It's my there, truth. There's your, your truth, truth her truth. truth. Yeah. And that, that's live your truth. Yeah. You can live <laughs> your truth. You know what it is? It's there's the a truth. truth. Yeah. There's, 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 there's just one truth. That's it. There's one truth. That's yeah. it. You can, you can spend it however you want, but, um, and, and there's also the other part of immaturity. You have mm. children. Now understand this kid's 20 years old. Yeah. Okay. He's 20 and he's a child, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really you don't really, you know, you don't, you know, they're all, oh, well, he's 18. He's an adult. <laughs> and no, no, he's not. You know, at 18, I was not an adult at 20. I was not an adult. I was, I was an at, idiot at 30. I was not an adult. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still just trying to figure shit out yeah. at yeah. 59. You know what I mean? I'm almost 60 and I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, I still don't have the answers. So at 20, this kid is clueless. And the problem that really comes down to is that the people that are surrounding him that are wanting to make money off of him are basically treating him and engendering the idea that he's invincible and that he can't do wrong and that he can't be held accountable, nor can he be held responsible. And unfortunately, the only reason that they have been willing to give him $200 million. It's delicious. 
Sorry. Yeah, it is. But that's a that's two hundred million dollars of responsibility, and that's two hundred million dollars of expectations. Like, think about it. You think that's delicious. Mm-hmm. You think that's exciting. Mm-hmm. You think that's oh my god, two hundred million dollars. You don't get that for nothing. You don't have to sell that to me, Al. Oh really? <clears throat> oh well, now you've got a billion dollars worth of expectations, my friend. Oh. You've got a billion dollars worth of investment. You've got a billion dollars of consequences that are now on your shoulders. You willing to take under that $200 million worth of responsibility now? Yeah. Yeah, You don't look at that because if I'm going to give you 200, I want a billion back. Yep. I'm not giving it to you to give it to you. I'm investing in you. Right. And that means you have a responsibility. Are you willing to take a billion dollars of responsibility? Are you that excited, that pressure, that stress that you're going to live with 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that you're under a microscope for the rest of your god-awful life? If you are, then do it. If you're not, don't fool yourself. Don't sit there and tell yourself, oh, yeah, I'd do whatever it took to do $200 million. If you would do whatever it took, you'd be getting $200 million now. And you're not willing to do whatever it takes. And that's why you're not getting $200 million now. You know, a great, a, a great poet, <laughs> uh, a great poet from Brooklyn, New York once said, uh, more money, more problems. Yeah. And by it the way, because I just, you have more problem. You have more responsibility to more people. Absolutely. I just want to thank everybody who's here. We are reading your comments, even though we're just, you know, but we're seeing it. Right. And somebody did ask when, when uh, April was his kid's age, how wild was she or was she one of the kids with standards to avoid partying? Dude, I was a fucktard. <laughs> so that's all. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, 18 years old, I was a complete fucktard making all kinds of bad decisions. I mean, bad decisions. I graduated. I was a senior at 16. My mom put me in school early just to get me out of the house. And I graduated at 17 and I left my parents. I left my mom's house at at 17. So I was living on my own from then on, basically. So um, I was a weird combination of making bad decisions and then also trying to adult. And it was a, it was a, it was a conflict. By the time I turned 21, I was becoming a full-time burlesque act where I was on tour nationally. So that is when I started to handle money because at that point, burlesque was a lot of money. So I was getting paid $2,500 $2,500 a week to show up oh, wow. plus tips. So I was making five, six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 a week to work. And I had to get my ass there and be on stage and have three and four shows a day and make sure they were going to, oh, sorry, make sure they were going to be good shows. So I was somewhere in the middle. There was a lot of responsibility, but I was still making bad decisions. So it's, I look back now and realize how many bad decisions I made. Dude, I turned on a WWE contract and I was still old enough to make decisions where I should have been smart. And I still didn't make a smart decision. Al, you you (laughs) chuckled at at that. Why did you chuckle at that, man? Well, because like they're not necessarily bad decisions. They're ultimately decisions that help to shape and form who you are. True. And, and the only experience is the best and the worst teacher because you don't get you don't get the test until 
you don't get the answers to the test until you failed. True. You know I mean? And and trust me, I've made uh, plenty of decisions that I go back. But then I realize if if I hadn't made those decisions, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. So you know, it is what it is. Do you ever regret using those those iron sheet gimmicks that you guys? Uh... <laughs> Jesus Christ! You and you and no, uh, David. I, don't regret them. I Holy love them. Shit, those things are amazing. You know what? What do they call again? Uh, uh, well, if they're from the um, Indian culture, yes. they're called jories. Yes, or mudgars. Right. Um, if they're from Persia, they're called uh, meals. Yeah. Um, they're slightly shaped differently. They have a different torque, different dynamic, yeah. um, but each one. So yeah, they call sciatica to me. <laughs> i don't have any meals but i have joys yeah. yeah those things are cool man i see you and 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 dave man i i'm i know i'm going off topic real quick but mm-hmm. i never had a chance to really actually i might have told david but what mm-hmm. a freaking transformation that guy made man with his oh, body yeah. Yeah, i don't know if you are you familiar with david hero um i'm april oh yeah jesus christ do you remember when he first started yeah. with the pwr and to what he looks like now i mean he's he's a stunning yeah. man now he was able to reverse diabetes, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah. he was losing, he was losing body parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This little piggy went home and, yeah. uh, <laughs> went to market and never came back. Yeah. Um, cut off toes. Um, but he was able to reverse, you know, diabetes and everything because of his change of lifestyle and all that. So you can, you can, I tell people all the time, cause I used to do mm-hmm. diets for people. It's like, you can heal yourself. You just can. it's it's really not that difficult. You just change your lifestyle. You know, yeah. thirty minutes of work working out. You know, walk, do something every day. Change your diet. You can change and reverse your yeah. diabetes. You can change your blood pressure. You can change heart disease. You can get off the meds. Yeah, people have so much more control over their life than what they really want to believe. People yeah. have more control than they want to believe. Period. End. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do they want the responsibility of that control? And that comes down to, that's what it comes down to. You know what I mean? Like we talked about with the young kid, you know. um, And the wrestlers. And the wrestlers. I mean, (laughs) we're some of the worst because we we get to make a living fake fighting other people in our underwear for money. And, you know, we never really have to grow up. So, you know, this this year will be 41 years that I've been able to do this for a living. And that's cool. So. Smile, you are. You are either very fortunate or very unfortunate. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm very blessed. You are. You are. I'm teasing you. I like that term, blessed. Um, April, listen, you told us that you had some big breaking. You sent me this this link, and I'm like in the shower trying to trying to hold my phone, not drop it, <laughs> so that I have to buy a new one. You're funny. What's going on, man? Like, I will. I'll, I will read this to you. All right. Um, cool. All right, so there was a <laughs> let me uh-huh. let me find you the whole thing. So I guess today I have um, the tweet. By the way, I can put it up. On yeah, the I found it. Truth, truth, justice, and of course you're not going to see this on the news anywhere. But truth, justice, um, just did a breaking news. There was an emergency injunction uh, through Switzerland that was served, and a tribunal or, uh, order served to the WHO and all the criminal defendants listed below to immediately cease and desist a criminal conspiracy to commit war crimes, genocide, crimes against humanity, and to arrest and incarcerate these criminal defendants. So um, this is basically about the vaccine and what has been going on with how they've been handling COVID. So Mm. I'll read it to you. I see some some names down here that I'm very familiar with. 
all constitutional law enforcement officers uh, uh, worldwide are being are, serve, ugh, are being served starting with Interpol and constitutional law enforcement in every one of the 194 member nations under the writs of mandamus, ordering them to carry out, and I might have said that wrong, ordering them to carry out their duties to arrest and incarcerate these criminal co-defendants for unlawful and genocidal acts in connection, connection with the WHO pandemic preparedness response and changes to the international health regulations. Tribunal wits, writs, God, I can't speak today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> of mandamus, or mandamus, am I saying that right? Is defined mandamus. as... Quote, the lawful term writ of mandamus refers to an order by a court to a lesser government official to perform an act required by law, which he has refused or neglected to do. This type of court order is a remedy that may be sought if a governmental agency, public authority, or corporation is in service of the government, fails, or refuses to do its public or statutory duty. So this has been ordered by the tribunal under Article 6, Genocide, and 7, Crimes Against Humanity, of the International Criminal Code. The list of defendants. Here we go. Through 2009 and 2023. Lockstep vaccinational, gen- sorry, lockstep vaccination genocidal pandemic criminal co-conspiracy, including and not limited to individually and collectively, Bill and Melinda Gates individually and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, World Health Organization and its officers, directors, employees, and agents. Tedros, I'm going to say all these names wrong. It's fine. Adrenholm, shit, I can't say that. WHO Director General, Anthony Stephen Fauci. Ooh, that guy? World World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab and officers, directors, employees, and agents. Michael Bloomberg, David Rockefeller Jr., Warren Buffett, George Soros, Ted Turner, Oprah Winfrey, Rockefeller Foundation, Global Business Network, Peter Schwartz, Chairman GVN, convicted vaccination genocidal pandemic and neural monitoring governmental executive defendants, Xi Jinping, General Secretary of the Communist Party, Vladimir Putin, President of the Russian Federation, Donald J. Trump, Mm. uh, Joseph R. Biden, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, um, Boris Johnson, Matt Hancock, uh, U.S. Secretary of Health, uh, U.K. Secretary of Health, the Crown Corporation, and any and all of its subsidiaries, including and not limited to Serco, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, Scott Morrison, Prime Minister of Australia, Jacinda Ardern, Prime Minister of New Zealand, Stefan Löfven, Prime Minister of Sweden, uh, Minister, uh, Minister of Health, Lena Halgren. Oh my God! There's so many on well, here. The, can, can, let, let's just stop. I mean, everybody. Quick. I mean, so pretty much, oh, yeah. it looks like Al, and it looks like April, the one uh, percent of the world. So, so let's fast forward down this list. So, so now Go what is end. going on? So, so, so like what's. But at the end, it says Global Alliance Vaccine Initiative, the Vaccine Alliance, including not limited to its pandemic vaccine program, um, World uh, Covax, People's Republic of China, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, and the Pierre Bright Institute. Good Lord! Um, wow. wow. All right. So, in layman's wow. terms, let's say somebody like me that ha- only I only have like a third grade uh, education. Um, like, break this down to me in layman's terms. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, all these people. I'm supposed to trust these people, not Doctor Fauci. <laughs> well, there's a video uh, that will explain. Wait, here we go. That we're, what's going on with it? So, 
It's in the tweet. It's in the I didn't. Tweet. Yeah, I didn't even get a chance to. That happened literally right before we came on. So, yeah. you know, you see, you, if now, obviously, a lot of the stuff that has been happening, all these little trials that have been going on, are actually kind of big trials. They have not been on mainstream media, but if you've been looking around the internet, you've probably seen them on Instagram, Twitter, maybe even Facebook. Yeah. So, all of these things are adding up. Um, where there's. Nope. You know, Fauci has has lied, and I found out that America, American tax dollars, did fund COVID mm. gain of function research. So we literally paid for COVID, for our lockdowns, for our mask mandates, oh. for all of this to happen to us. So they're they're finding all of this out. So they're finally doing the real science and the real research independently. So Al, one one name I didn't see there is um, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, <laughs> So, what a surprise! Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one. That's the one slick son of a bitch, pal. Yeah. Um, but what are your thoughts on this, man? Just like, I, I the only thing I could say yeah. is that I think whether you, no matter what side you're on, I think, um, and I, I don't know why it's become yeah. So why is it two sides? To, but I don't know. Don't know why it's become so wrong to question everything. Mm-hmm. See, that's no our, that's our you, thing. Even if, if, okay, if you're being given information that, um, let's say, is pro-vaccine, mm-hmm. why aren't you allowed any more to question it? If you're given information that's anti-vaccine. Why are you now not allowed to question mm-hmm. that? Why are you not allowed to be cynical anymore? Why are you not allowed to formulate your own opinion? Why is it that you have to accept whatever the narrative from any one person is or any one side, and you can't make those decisions for yourself? You know, and, and let's face it, from both sides, you know, you face ridicule and you face um, criticism, um, for doing that simple act of questioning, of having some cynicism and some circumspection and, and, and wanting to require more information. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't understand where we have gotten as a society to where that's now wrong, where used to, that was the norm where you were, you were allowed to do that really quick. I'm not, I'm not, I mean to interrupt you, but yeah, we're, we're closer in Asia in April. April's in her, what are you in mid twenties? Right. Something so like yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. when we, when, remember, remember when we were kids, Al, yeah. and we would get in trouble for not asking questions in class. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah. That? But you don't yeah. know. You don't, don't just know. sit there and accept what we have to say. Ask questions. Yeah. You don't have a question. No questions. Because that's anybody? Ultimately, ultimately. Yeah. And that is how you really learn. That's how you, you know, you learn to discern from your own worldview is by asking questions and, 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 you know, investigating and, you know, and again, you may not have to, and, and where, where has it become to where if you don't agree with me, um, you're a racist, some aspects <laughs> you're wrong, you're, racist. Like, you're, you're a racist. on one side, you're on you're one trans- side of the fence <laughs> or another, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, because I, when the media started being owned by six corporations well, and they because, started to fear you and steer you in any direction. Remember, remember, keep in mind, okay, 
everybody went and, and protested at the Federal Reserve and said the mm-hmm. key words, we're the 99%. Okay? Now, we're no longer the 99%. Now, you have a label. Now, you have a label. Now, I have a label. Now, we're not united anymore. Now, we're not the 99%. Now, there's 10% of you. There's 20% of you. Oh, and I, I think we lost, we lost, oh, we lost Sorry, that. it was phone. Sorry, it was phone. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's 15% of somebody else. There's, so now there's no longer 99% of any one group. It's, it's all these individualistic groups that have their individualistic perceptions, their individualistic uh, di- you know, dichotomies, their own directions, their own interpretations, their own personalities, and everyone that is not them is now wrong. So, you know, you, you remember the movie Ants? Yes. You know, and in the, um, you know, the scene where the grasshoppers were like, we don't want to ever allow the ants to realize that there are more of them than there are of us and that right. they really have more of the power than we do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. And that was why they repealed the law that allowed the U.S. government to propagandize its own citizens. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist and, you know, and, you know, but don't fool yourself. Don't think, you know, because regardless of whether you're a Republican or a conservative or you're, you're a Democrat or a liberal, you're in between, they are two wings on the same bird. Yep. And and those people, <laughs> no matter who you elect, that was wonderful. Okay, no matter who you elect, that was awesome. they don't care about you. Now they'll tell you they do, but they don't care about you. And 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 you know, two of the biggest works in in the world in the in life are wrestling and politics. And we have gotten to the point where both are so arrogant that they don't even try to hide it from the general public anymore. They just straight up tell them, hey, yeah, we're bullshitting you, and we know it, and you, there's nothing you can do about it. you know. Yeah. And you've just got to accept what it is we tell you and uh, take it for what it is. And, you know, um, and, and God help you. You're demonized if you question anything outside of what's popularly accepted, you yeah. know. And, uh, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Oh, you're, you wear a tinfoil hat. I've never <laughs> worn one in my life. But you know what one thing I do is I do question everything because I know everybody's got an angle and everybody's working and everybody's trying to get over on everybody else. And yep. that's not being cynical and that's not being pessimistic and that's not being – that's just life. That, you know, you go to a, you go to a car lot and try to buy a car – the car salesman is trying to work you into buying the car so that he can get over so he can feed his family. The mm-hmm. politician ain't looking to serve the public. Uh, the best example of this I can give you, okay? Be for vendetta. <laughs> no, no, yeah, well, but the, honestly, the best example I can give you of this, it was such a, uh, such a moment for me, and, and it was so simplistic. Uh, just recently, you know, I go do a public appearance, uh, here in Louisville, help to promote OVW and, um, it's in Germantown, uh, section of, of, uh, Louisville. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, 
they every year they have this celebration. I can't remember what the the thing is. It's a goofy German thing because, of course, you know, it has to be something like that. So they they have a, a a little stick that's about six inches long. It's like shaped like a football and it weighs on the ground. And then you have a basically like a broomstick. It's about two inches around. It's about four feet long. And then the objective is to hit that small missile-shaped piece of wood. Is it Oktoberfest? Oktoberfest? No, uh, no. I'm trying to look this up, man, to help you out. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what the name of the thing is. But you hit it with your broomstick, and you pop it up off the ground, and then you have to use the broomstick to hit the missile-shaped um, stick as far as you can for distance. Okay? It's a competition. So it, it, that's, you know, it's not really that important, but that I was there to take part in this. Okay. And, um, and it wasn't, I didn't even realize it, but they, they, you know, they bring me over and they go, Hey, you know, here's the VIP sign up list. Cause there are hundreds of people that are signing up to, to do, take part in this competition. Okay. And I sign up and I'm like number 40 or 42 or something like that. And, we're standing there and all of the VI people, people, okay. This was fascinating because I didn't even realize it until the guy that works with, uh, works for me in OVW, his name's Brian Kennison. Um, he is the, uh, commentator and he was the one who, it was such insight. All of the people that were a part of the, uh, VIP list, were all public servants. They were all elected officials or mm. people that were candidates to be elected. And they got to go before the very people they were supposed to serve. Hold on, I think my wife is calling me. That's <laughs> no, not her. Okay, sorry. Oh, okay. Continue. Do you, okay. in that... And I, I did, right? Fascinating that you are trying to be elected as a public servant, but yet now you are being afforded privilege before the very public that you serve because you get to go before anyone else. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we have become a society that now we treat um, senators and congressmen and mayors and governors as if they're royalty, royalty like yeah. they have special privilege, yes, like sir. they are now in a status above us when it really is that they work for us. And they're public servants. Their, correct. Hello. We treat them as if they're yeah. royalty, yeah. you know, and I think that's where we have as a, a country, we've went wrong, you know, Jeez, man. Um, you know, and we've given these people in politics a free pass. They now feel you know, it, 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 I think the system has become so corrupt from local to county to state to federal that it's it's the norm of operation for them. And, you know, and in the, you know, um, the objective is to just become um, in those positions of power and authority so that you can now benefit yourself. Not anyone else. You know, Al, um, just recently uh, there was a, uh, in Chicago, 
Uh, mm-hmm. We spoke about this last week where uh, Lori, Lori Lightfoot was basically voted out of mm-hmm. uh, her position as mayor. And, you know, I'm going to use her as an example. Al, tell me if you agree or disagree. But she was the perfect example of somebody who just was wanted to push whatever agenda she wanted to push. She was she wasn't working for the actual citizens. If she was working for the citizens, then um, when crime spiked, I think it was 150 percent the second term she was in office. And I, I I might be lowballing that. I mean, these public, these quote unquote public servants, you know, the way we teach them a lesson is by getting rid of them. True. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, but I don't think that you can single out any one particular politician. No, I'm using you her know. as an example. <laughs> I know that, but you right. shouldn't, you, you shouldn't, you should use them all. It's so true. Not you, one of you them know, you're is right, man. better. You, not one of them is better than any other. Right. Not one of them, not one of them, whether true. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. It means nothing to me. Cause I can, I, I don't give a two, two cents about, um, politics. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's so absolutely completely corrupt. The idea that you really think that you're going to elect someone who's going to genuinely care about you. They aren't, do, they're going to you, use you to ultimately benefit and, and further themselves. I'm, I'm curious to ask, do you, do you guys ever think we'll ever get to this point as a society where we do uh, abolish uh, elected, like single elected officials and we govern ourselves? Is that going to ever happen? No, like a we should never, we thing? should never, no, we should never be allowed. Why, to why not, Al? I'm just asking. Because we're all fucking lunatics. We're too stupid. That's yeah, that's yeah. Kind of true. I'm, I'm yeah, just... because we're because of the very reason we have the system we have now. We're all self-centered. We're all yeah. self-interested. We're all, yeah. you know, and to believe anything else is complete BS. But yeah, you know, we should have term limits for congressmen and for senators. You yeah. should not be a career politician. You shouldn't die in office. I don't care what anybody says. Agreed. There's no 100%. reason for that. Mitch McConnell. Who? <laughs> you should you should there should be you there should be no lobbyists there should be no you if you are trying to get elected to me tell me what you've done um or going to do that to get term limits to allow to disallow insider trading as far as congress is concerned to to prevent um lobbyist influence and power um you know if you can tell me things like that, oh well, I'll elect you. Otherwise, I don't have a time of day for you. Okay, right. simple as that. Um, you know, I think quite honestly, we're in a day and age we don't need Congress anymore. We don't. Or, we, or health Congress, insurance. Congress was elected and put in place in a time and period where we needed people to genuinely, physically go to. Washington and to represent us. We now have the technology that once a month, once a month, we should have, we should have the ability with our phones and everything else. And it should be election day once a month. And here are the list of proposals as far as new legislature and you read it and you go, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. I don't need Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell to sit up there and create seats of power and influence that's for their benefit and their benefit alone and not mine. I can get rid of them 
and we can do it all digitally and no more where we have a bill that's for one law that is three chapters long that has all this other BS in it. Yeah. I was going to say that has all the piggyback laws too. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just simply, do we do this or we don't do we do this one or do we don't? And the reason they will never do that is because it completely upends the system and mm-hmm. takes away their ability to control the system. Mm. They, they and control they, all of us. Yeah, they use a natural gas. It's like they word these these uh, these bills too on the voting. Yeah. It's so fuckity. It's not even funny. Like people can't even understand what they are. And if they like, we actually in Florida voted against solar energy because of the way it was worded. So, and it was the Duke Energy lobbyists that worded it that way. So again, it's the influence of outside interests that are now affecting policy that affects the general public that are now paying for those policies. And And until we eliminate that, you know, which by doing away with Congress, which we still technologically we could do today, mm -hmm. we do away with all of the lobbyist influence. We do away with. And we do it with, and now they'll find other ways. Sure. They'll, you know, like the, you know, pharmaceutical companies now, you know, because of Reagan allowing, you know, pharmaceutical companies to advertise on TV, you know, um, we have that influence, but at least it's trying to influence us. It's not trying to influence other people that have even completely separate interests from us. So. Um, I just re- really want to quickly jump in. Al, um, how yeah. much more time do you have for us, my friend? Uh, I get a little bit more time. Yeah, sure. All right, cool. I just want to make sure. We yeah. usually go an hour and a half if we go a little over. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Time. I just wanted to throw it out there. It's um, been a fascinating conversation. Has it been? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how fascinating my part of it has been, but, you know. <laughs> We're quite. I, 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 I don't know. I'm speaking for myself. I'm enjoying this uh, this conversation between us three. I want I want to go back to what you some of your more some of your topics, but I wanted to throw something in here real quick before we move on. Is this the video um, you sent me? No, I have that ready. If you ever oh, want do you? to okay. talk about it, yep. No, somebody said is that's Morty? Yeah, that is Morty. I'm a medical um, foster, so I have I have a new little guy with me this week. Oh, he's not so, so little. He's what is he? No, is he he's an American a, pit. He's yeah, something like that, or a box Beautiful. or a mix. Yeah, he's he's a good boy. Little Beautiful. little bit dumb, a little bit sweet. So I was just going to mention um, before we go into some other stuff that, and I thought this was really interesting. Um, Psychology Today mm-hmm. came out with an article on how to have a better recovery on your weekends. Because a lot of people, we, and especially in America, we don't get a lot of time off. And when we do, we often spend it doing everything around the house that we can't get done during the week. And um, apparently we're just not regenerating and it leads to burnout real, real fast. So, and it also leads to like the Sunday blues. You know, you get to Sunday and you're just like, you can't even enjoy Sunday because you know you have to go back to work on Monday. Mm. So here's a quick um, idea of how maybe you can regenerate, regenerate more effectively. Mm. So you have to take three things into consideration. So what is the mental nature of your work? So it's saying those in non-creative jobs should look for ways to explore their creativity through hobbies like photography or writing, maybe painting. So if you're in like a menial job type of thing where you're dealing with customers, customer service, sales, maybe doing something creative on the weekends is the way to go. Um, If you are in a creative field, um, you might find that doing something menial works for you, like gardening, 
mowing the lawn, uh, something less creative. You don't like the mowing lawn now? Well, um, you know, <laughs> it something where you don't have to be creative. It helps you shut your brain off right. a little bit. So some 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 of that work. Uh, number two is what is the physical nature of your work? So if you're very physical, uh, you might want to sit down for a little bit. If you are, if you, you know, sitting at a computer desk all the time, you might want to get up and move. So, you know, th- uh, this is common sense, but I don't know if a lot of us kind of take that into account. And number three, what is this? Right, exactly. And third, what is the social nature of your work? So if you are working with a lot of people, you might want to have more solitude or quiet time on the weekends. If you uh, work from home, work by yourself, you might want to get out and socialize. So whatever you are doing, whether it's being, you know, someone's like, watch porn and play putt-putt. So yeah, whatever works for you, dude. So... (laughs) It's always playing but, on the balls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, whatever it is that you are doing for work, do the opposite on the weekends, and you might get more out of your downtime, and it might help regenerate you a little bit better and avoid some of that burnout. What does – um? so one I – things – I apologize. I want to interrupt. No, I was going to ask you, what, what, is, the what, are, what are your that, thoughts? That, oh, one of the things that I found that – um. Uh, there for a while, I was like, uh, had anxiety of I'm not doing enough, and I think a lot of people yeah. suffer from that. Yeah, should I not rest? Suffer from enough. the shouldas. I'm not yeah. living enough. I'm not saving enough. I'm not, and I realized it's yeah. because you're inundated, literally in today's society, you're inundated with nothing but. Oh, you're not saving enough. You you're should be. You should be. You should, you should be. be should be. You should be. You should be. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that helped me was I just shut the TV off. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that was the, that was it was the biggest influence in regards to the should be's. You should be this. You should be that. You should be that. I'm like, I don't have enough hours in a day to be all the things I could should be. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't know how people can do it. I really don't. And I don't know how you can you can possibly live a life that everyone is trying to portray that you have to live. So if you just shut it out and just go live your life, a lot of that goes away. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's Monday through Friday or or Saturday and Sunday, if you just stop trying to live up to everyone else's expectations and live up to mm-hmm. your own, you'll be fine. What do you like do that. to what do you do to wind down now? Like let let's say well, what uh, did don't. you do when you were full time? <laughs> you don't. Well, then, don't. looks like we just uh, this, this whole topic went down the toilet. Yeah. What's going on over he here? He does adult coloring books. Uh, do, uh, do adult coloring books, yeah. yeah this, this, like, like this is my friend does. My friend will sit here and do adult coloring books, and she fucking loves it. Those are yeah. awesome. I, I'm in yeah, the she does Alice in Alice in Wonderland. She's sitting here making you know psycho bunnies and. You know, hmm. sex, sexy Alice in Wonderlands, and she's, she has a bot blast with it. <laughs> awesome. I read a lot. I mean, I, I've always been you know, an insatiable um, reader. I've read every classic novel you can think of. I've read the Quran. I've read the Bible. I haven't read the Torah yet. Um, ignore that. That's just the uh, arena phone. Um, I never answer it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, I, re- I, you know, that's one of the things that I've always enjoyed doing is reading. But, um, you know, for some people that, you know, they can't, you know, 
find the time or whatever, you know, one of the things that you can do is just, you know, yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, I read all, I read all the religious books too. Yeah. It's just not, you know, pay attention. I mean, not, not let, you know, you know, people dictate what you should and shouldn't and should be and shouldn't be, you know, and, and just do your thing. I mean, it's hard because we, you know, we all are, are so centered around other people's judgments of, you know, and, and, and their evaluation of what our lives should be or shouldn't be at whatever point in time. And, you know, one of the things I've been blessed with by doing something is, you know, with running away with the circus, like I did when I was 18 is that, um, you know, I, I, it took a while, but I started to realize that no one else lives a life like that. I, I do or no one else has. And that's good and that's bad, but at the same time, it's not neither one. Um, you know, it, it gives me a different outlook on life than other people have um, that doesn't quite fit into the norm of society, um, uh, you know, for certain. And um, But at the same time, it also gives me more of an understanding uh, of life than what other people have because of the experiences I've had because of that life. So, you know, um, and I can't, we're all raised in this country, especially more so than anywhere else in the world, um, you know, to the Ozzy and Harriet lifestyle of, you know, dad goes to work, comes home, you know, mom's there, we have white picket fence, you know, and everyone has to subscribe to that lifestyle. And everyone doesn't have to subscribe to that lifestyle. You do, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, you know, and uh, just be you and don't worry about what other people think because who cares? You know, I think Dr. Seuss said those that mind um, don't matter and those that matter don't mind. Don't mind. I love that. You know, and if you really genuinely live your life like that, it makes life so much easier for you. I 100% agree. And Ray, I don't even know what video I sent you. What did I send you? I I can play it. Um, Is that the Russell Brand one? This guy don't look like Russell Brand to me. Okay. He looks like a, I don't know. He, he looks like a mix between Tony Danza and. <laughs> I can't, I sent you so many things. What did yeah, I, which one did I send you? All right, let's see. Let's let, let me just share it okay. here. This is like that. Look familiar. Yeah, you don't look oh like yes, this is the one about. Okay, yes, it's about Americans being denied access to basic information. Al might like this one too. All right, so I will play it. Yeah. And you tell me if you need me to stop it. Here we go. Go ahead. The United States is attacking ordinary intelligent human beings by depriving them of any basic knowledge of what is actually going on. We don't know what happened with the origin of COVID. We have no idea about Epstein. We don't know what's going on with the vaccines. We don't understand the source of the inflation. We blinded ourselves from looking at the M1 monetary aggregate when the Fed pumped us full of cheap cash. We have no clue how to resolve um you know, something as dumb as the Epstein, to whom did, did Ghislaine traffic? I don't know. Yeah, well, can't find it. Sorry, bye. Yeah. No. That's called propaganda. Oh. And, and, you know, and, and it's being utilized at an alarming rate. And, yeah. and again, guys, the, the one thing everyone should do, question everything. Mm-hmm. Question yeah. it all. Don't just accept whatever the narrative is. Don't accept what it is that makes you feel comfortable. Question, doubt, you know, be curious 
give some kind of inspection, give some introspection, give some retrospection, but certainly always be suspect of everything that's being told to you. That that's your real responsibility, you know, um, as a person and as a citizen. Don't mm-hmm. just accept what's what's being sold to you. Um, you know, and if they're going to sell it to you, make them earn it, you know, make them convince you, you know, so that way, at least if you're like on that, that side yeah. of the fence, mm-hmm. at least if you're on that side of the fence, look, you're 100% on that side of the fence because you bought, you bought and paid for it, you know, but don't just, don't just take anything just on face value. Always question, always, always wonder, always doubt, never just assume. Russell Brand said something, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, it was very interesting. And he said he feels that, you know, obviously this two-party system is is dividing people. And he thinks that it's, um, he thinks it's more about the military-industrial complex and that the liberals, the common liberals today are like the Republicans a decade or 15 years ago. And the military-industrial complex has just moved into the liberal camp instead but instead, the liberals are using um, causes and people to further their agenda. So they're using issues, everything from um, abortion to trans to racism to all these things to power their um, motive, which is still just the military industrial complex. They don't actually give a shit about oh. anyone, but they are using all of these people they're using this message to further their agenda. And at the end of the day, they don't give a flying fuck about anyone. They don't care about helping anyone. And it's just manipulation. And I thought he just called it straight out like that. And he called out one of the, uh, he called out one of the uh, reporters that was there too. And he's like, how can you sit there and say that Fox news is this when you're just as bad. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, they are. are. And, I, and I, I just love the mind. balls of him. <laughs> mass, the easy, two easiest things to manipulate on a mass scale are anger and fear. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're unquestionably. They're the yes. two easiest things. And the w- easiest way to unite any group, no matter what you call them, you call them liberal, trans, LGBTQ, black, white, Puerto Rican, Mexican, uh, Asian, whatever you want to call them. Whatever you want to label them, Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, all you do to, ma- to easily manipulate and, and to amass support is to create a common enemy. That's it. Yeah. And I think the best way to unite people is with tacos. Oh, uh, God. I, I love tacos. Yeah. <laughs> I love street tacos. Uh, I just, I just you know, think you get everybody together, you have some tacos, and everybody, psh, done. Here in Louisville, the best tacos are El Mochiette over by uh, the Derby, um, by the Kentucky Derby on 4th Street. Oh, yeah, my God, they're incredible. You, you've been in New York I'm, I'm many, 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 many years. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. oh, it's a big taco party. Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite place tacos. in New York City, Al? Oh, geez. I'd have to think about that. Um, to eat tacos. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I ate tacos in New York City. Yeah, they're not as good anymore. So, uh, we don't, we don't have any no, good places there's still, here. There's, there's still a couple of good places. Mm-hmm. I know there was a food truck out in Denver. God, I want tacos, tacos too. The food truck were amazing. Oh my god! But I'm telling <laughs> you, the El Mochiete here in Louisville, like the food truck in Denver, like they're transcendental. I mean, insane. Oh really? 
Yeah, yeah I miss. We have Cuban cool. food here in Florida. We don't have yeah. good Mexican, and it's just oh, so Cuban food does good too, though. Yeah. It doesn't have the flavor. Like uh, Brazilian not, food's not good. Food. What? Yeah. No. What kind of like, Cuban food are you eating? No, it does not have the because I mean it just doesn't have the the flavor nah, that Mexican food has or that Brazilian food has. I think you're eating the wrong Cuban spots because over here in New York City you get Cuban food. You know what? No, you're it getting Cuban. No, phenomenal. yeah, but you're getting Cuban food with New York flavor. Real it, Cuban food doesn't have a lot of flavor because they don't have access Cuban to a lot of with a Puerto Rican cook. Exactly. Well, okay, I'm Puerto exactly, Rican. Exactly. So are, you, are you trying to say that we're adding adobo to our? Um, yes, maybe. I am. Yes, I am, and I would well, bet money on it because I actually was in Cuba, and you know what they told me? They're like, right. we try. They're like, but we can't always access. We can't always get the spices and the things we need to cook. So we do the best we can. I will put. And I was adobo, like, that's why your food's so bland. I will put like, adobo in cereal if I could. It is phenomenal. <laughs> I have no idea. It For me, phenomenal. it's jalapeno salt. I love jalapeno salt. It makes everything taste better. No, it's so good. Yes. Hell yeah, jalapenos. Jalapeno Hello. salt makes everything better. Yeah, they live. Jalapeno. This is not <laughs> a real spicy person. Jalapenos. 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 And pineapple on pizza. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, pineapple, yeah. Oh, goddamn yeah. right. Dude. Are we three pineapple people? Yeah. 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 Not too many people yeah. are pineapple people. So dude, we're I, I, here. I hate those people that are like, pineapple does not belong on pizza. Yeah. It's like, have you fucking had it? Oh, yeah, God. it's amazing. Have you had it? Horrible. You haven't had it. You're just going along with the truck. You're the people that believe that you should get married and have a white picket fence and two kids. Get the fuck out of my and face. And they don't question anything. No. no. Just, they just no. go along with no it. No way. Yeah. Try so. something new. <laughs> I think, guys, um, unless there's one more thing you want to you want to bring up, this seems okay. like a oh. really cool time to maybe uh, let's, you know, talk yeah, about. I go teach my history class. Yeah, I figured. Um, yeah. Talk about what Al's doing next. I have this scrolling down here. We want people to yeah. support your local wrestler at, and shopping at a collarandelbowbrand.com. Yeah. That's cool. But uh, what else you got going out on Al? And then uh, we'll say our goodbyes. Oh, and, uh, I uh, have a comic book that's out, uh, two of them, uh, The Ballad of Al Snow and Head. It's a, a standalone uh, adventure. And then uh, the first one was in a post-apocalyptic world where I have a um, detective agency with Head and Pierre and Pepper. <laughs> And, That's fucking great. Uh, uh-huh. A waitress, I over here lost her heart, and I take the case on and go try to solve the mystery of retrieving her heart. Um, actually, she was in love, but I actually found a heart for her. And then um, um, the second one is The Adventures of Al Snow and Head, and I team up with Chavo Guerrero and Pepe the Stick Horse. Get the hell out of here. I'm teaming up with Scott Zofati so and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Chavo is a Western. Uh, Tommy Dreamer is set back in the Prohibition era. Scotty yeah. Gerardi is like an assassin comic book. Um, oh so is they're true some, to the, some of your stuff right there. And then, yeah, the metaverse, uh, mm-hmm. or, uh, that one, uh, part of, uh, uh, two video games. One is WrestleQuest and that one too. I like that. Um, and, um, and then, um, uh, OVW, go to ovwrestling.com, uh, check it out. Um, and we're live on Fight TV from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. every Thursday night, Eastern Time. Um, and uh, you can follow me at The Real Al Snow on social media. So, All right, hey, well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't let Al go and, until. Aren't you a super friend? Are you, are you oh, very... Super friend, yes, oh. yes, yes. Yeah, we're oh, all wait. super Absolutely. friends. Yes, we're all super friends with superfriends.com. You can go to Dave Hero, and he has uh, Super Friends. Uh, he's got uh, 
God, I can't think of what it is right now. Off the, he does autograph sales and all of that too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you uh, just if you just Google if you just Google David Hero and Super Friends, a whole You'll bunch of cool have stuff. A whole pop up. bunch of stuff up, pop up. Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. did you know? Did you know I was I was Cal's very first professional wrestling interview. Me and Ben. Oh, were you really? Yeah, we, we the <laughs> awesome. very first interview before he actually got in the ring. Yeah. We had uh, the the very handsome. Cal Hero. Now he has a mustache yeah. and muscles. It's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. And a <laughs> mullet. Up so fast. And a mullet. Yes. And a fanny pack. Go ahead, April. That's right. No, I just wanted to say to, uh, thank you to everybody who came and and watched us live tonight. Appreciate all of you. I know we didn't get to take a lot of questions, but thank you, thank you, thank you. We read all of them. And I also want to mention that we have a special guest next week for St. Patty's Day. What? Your favorite cosplayer and mine. We have Shelly Martinez returning oh. with her. Well, with her, with her amazing cleavage and her sense of humor, so, it is amazing. By yeah, the way. we we will we will have a good time with you, me, Shelly. We will have some fun, and Al can't leave here without pec flexing. Yeah, you got to oh. pec flex. Yes, oh. we have to we have to pec flex out of here, right? I'm wearing black, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, for myself, Big Ray Hernandez, for <laughs> April Hunter, and our uh-huh. amazing, really cool, and just. It's been an absolute pleasure, Al, having you on, man. Uh, thank you guys very much. <laughs> so I really long. appreciate being on. I would love to say that we'd have him back on, but I don't know if I, I don't know if you have the time, Al. <laughs> I'd love One to. Day. I'd love to. You just let me know, and I'll be making the time. Awesome. Okay? We would love to have you back on. Thank you for uh, taking the time to be here for us and, and everything. Yeah, everything absolutely. I hope for and more, guys. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All you right, guys. guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys. Here on the A Show. With Shelly Martinez. <laughs> Ooh, tell her I said hi. I will. Bye, <laughs> Bye you guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>